Everybody come on in and get a seat. I've got a clip that I want to share with everybody today. My nephew from Montana sent it to me a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, I just thought that it was, it really spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you like it did to me, and I just wanted to share it with everybody. Um, so let's, let's open with a word of, pr- word of prayer first. <clears throat> Lord, we just uh, come to you just now. We want to praise your name. We want to lift you up high. And uh, we just ask, Lord, that this would speak to everyone here today and uh, encourage others along. Just, uh, we love you, and we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll go ahead and listen to this, and then I got a few comments that I'll make. <clears throat> Hopefully it works. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going (laughs) to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing, and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? (laughs) Now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that. Yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell them we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you. 
because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. <clears throat> Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm. Just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots those nighttime freighters, those 747s, started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Do you realize your head is full of voices? And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. <laughs> Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, Thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning knock at my door and I opened the door and a man was standing there he said hello David I said you're the voice you're the one who got me home he said I am 
you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say you were the voice you're the voice that brought me home if you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice your head's full of voices mm -hmm. and then we wonder why kids crash and burn we wonder why marriages are shattered and the Lord's saying I'm the one who has the voice all I can remember is that voice saying stay with me stay with me don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm stay with me and I'll take you through tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy I've listened to that several times, and I can't hardly listen to it without crying. There's lots of voices in our heads. You heard him say that. But there's one voice that matters, and that's the voice we need to listen to. Uh, the world we live in today, that's the way it is. Uh, everybody is, you know, it's, like I said, a lot of voices, especially today. It's, it seems like it's more that way. Um, I like the part where it says, um, listen to my voice and I'll bring you home safe. I just, I really like that. That's the, that's the confidence that we can have. <clears throat> John 10, 27. Um, if I can find it. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me. That's, that's a confidence we have. Um, you know, sometimes that we, we wonder about, we're hearing all these voices. There can be, even Satan, his, uh, his voice is probably 90% correct. I don't know. He's got a lot of truth mixed in. Um, John 4, 1, um, it says, uh, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit, they come from that they come from God. So there's, it goes on to talk about many false prophets. Try the spirits to see if they are of God. Yeah, that's, that's our key. I don't know, I just, I just hope that blessed everybody. I know it, it really touched me, and, and I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, if you listen to the voice, I'll bring you home safe. So we'll pray. The worship team can come. <clears throat> Lord, I just uh, ask you would, uh, you would be with us, the worship service, and Lord, that we would honor and praise you and glorify your name. And Lord, we just ask for um, even the, the message that it comes, that uh, it would not, not be Jason, but you speaking through Jason, and that uh, everything that we have, we can lift, lift it up to you and praise your name. We love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's not what I'm talking about. 
to let your voice be heard August 2nd to vote. I want to encourage you to remember to vote. <clears throat> we're going through 1 John. We're going to finish 1 John this morning. At least that's the plan. <clears throat> we decide to do, when we do things, we do everything in the same day. So we're going to have church, and then we're going to have a baptism. We're going to have communion at the end of service, and we're going to have a church picnic today. So we're just going to make a full day of it. But we're looking forward to it. <clears throat> God is good. There's there's really good things happening here today, and it's exciting to hear different testimonies of people, to hear how God is working in people's lives. It's so exciting. That's why we're here. That's why we go about our life during the week, and we come here to encourage one another. And I don't know about you, but it has been encouraging already this morning. First John chapter 5, verses 14 through 21, we're going to finish First John 5. <clears throat> now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to to death. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. There's always something just a little bit different. I, I start studying, and about halfway through the week, I start wondering where this is going to go and, and what the Lord has, because as I've said before, it seems like we're repeating a lot of stuff over and over, which is really good. But it's always amazing, and it doesn't amaze me as much anymore, but it's very exciting is the right word to me to see what the Lord brings out of these passages. Verses that we've read before, maybe it's things we see in a little bit different light, maybe, and hopefully just me reading Scripture up here, pricks your mind as well because that's the power that scripture has and that's why I like to read as much scripture as I do but one thing that we can be certain is that when it starts out now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us the one thing that we can be certain of the one thing that we can be confident in is that God hears us he does it was mentioned earlier that we pray and we can pray and we can pray and sometimes we don't get the answer right away and sometimes it takes a long time to get the answer and sometimes we never may, may never see the answer in our lifetime. But it doesn't mean that he didn't hear us because he did. He does. He will. He wants that relationship with you and I. He wants to commune with you and I. <clears throat> when we are talking to people or when we're talking to our kids, or whether it's a, a, a parent and a child, or an employer, employee, however it is, we're oftentimes, we've taken classes, if you're talking with your spouse, I don't care who you're talking with, but we take classes and to, to learn how to communicate, and to learn how to let somebody know that you were heard. 
So maybe with your kids, you might say, I want you to go clean up the toys. And I don't know about your kids, but mine don't always answer me. And when they don't answer me, therefore they probably didn't hear me. Or maybe they did and they just don't want to do it. But we try to teach them to respond. At least say, yes, dad, I heard you. Or somehow respond. Or if we're talking with our spouse and, and somebody said, one of them says something. I'm not going to pick on one or the other. But somebody says something and the other one doesn't answer. Did, did you hear me or did you not? And so learning how to respond Everybody does it. I'm not picking on anybody. Everybody does this. I do it as well. But do we really listen to what's being said? Are we worried about what we're going to say? Or are we thinking about something completely different? Whichever one we've been in all situations. I know we have. But the one thing that we can be confident of is that God hears us. Whenever we talk to him, whenever we pray to him, whenever we thank him, he hears you. I will guarantee that he hears you. The problem is, it's not a problem, but he doesn't always respond with, yes, I heard you. But the scripture tells us that we can be confident that he does hear us. And I just want, if we take only any, nothing else away from here to this morning, let's just remember that God does hear you. He hears you. God hears you. He sees you. He knows all about you. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're excited about. God knows you. You know why? Because he made you. And he does hear you. So don't think for a moment that we're talking to somebody else here and we don't get a response right away and so we wonder if we've been heard. I just want you to know that you have been heard. God does hear your prayers. <clears throat> the deepest answer to prayer is to know that God hears us. The deepest answer to prayer is to know that God hears us because he does hear us. We expect answers. We want something to happen. We want a voice or we want a sign or whatever it is and God can use any of those things but the deepest answer to prayer is that God does hear us. And that's enough. Should be. I want it to be enough. I want to live that way. I don't always, but I know that God hears me. You've heard and you've said it yourself. Where's God? What's he doing? What's his plan? What's going on? We don't need to ask where he is. We know what's going on. We know where he is. We know that he hears us. And this we can have confidence in. Or we, you know, it says, it says that uh, we have, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, but we have in, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And I talked about asking things from God and being careful with that because God is not like a, uh, 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 candy machine that you put quarters in and you turn the knob and candy comes out the bottom. That's an old one. But that's not how God works. God always does hear us. God may answer in different ways than what we expect. But let's be careful. Are we seeking, I think I've shared this before, are we seeking communion with God or the acquisition of favors? 
Are we talking to God and praying to God because we want to commune with Him, we want to be with Him, or are we just talking to Him because we're trying to acquire a favor of some sort? What is it? I have to say I've been on both sides of that. Because there's times that I talk to God because I just want to talk to God. Maybe we get frustrated. Maybe we do need something. Maybe we are asking specifically for something, and that's okay. He wants us to do that, but also he wants us to do that according to his will. And too often I'm afraid that I do it according to my will. But God wants to commune with you. And when we talk to him, rest assured that he does hear your concern, your desire, your excitement, whatever it is, he hears it. If we move on to verse 16, it says, If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. So what is it talking about? What in the world are we talking about here? Sin that doesn't lead to death and sin that does lead to death. Originally, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, all sin led to death. It did. And that's the way they lived in all the sacrificing they had to do because they had to. Somebody had to stand in the gap. Something had to be given or sacrificed in place of to cover this sin. And so all of this sin did lead to death. But since Jesus came and died and rose again, he took the punishment for our sin. That doesn't mean that we don't sin. It doesn't mean that we don't still mess up. It simply means that the sin that we may commit doesn't lead to death because God has covered that for us. He died once and for all so that we don't have to die for that. But then it starts talking about a sin that does lead to death. I want to read Matthew chapter 12. Verses 31 and 32. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So obviously there is a difference of some sort because all the sin that we talk about generally is something that God has died for and has forgiven us for. But as soon as we... As soon as someone tries to attribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the enemy, we have a problem. As soon as someone tries to attribute the works of the Holy Spirit to the enemy, that's where we have an issue. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that was sent back to us to lead us, to guide us. And if we try to say, well, that's the enemy that's leading, that is not right. And there's a scene, you remember the story of um, Ananias and Sapphira? And they sold their, all these people are given money and they're given money and they thought, well, man, this is good. Let's do this because it will make us look good and maybe increase our status just a little bit. So they sold what they had and they gave part, which is not a problem, except they lied and said they gave it all. 
That's where the problem was. And they thought they were going to fool the Holy Spirit. You're not going to fool the Holy Spirit. Don't try to give credit to somebody other than who the credit is due to. And that's the Holy Spirit working in each one of our lives. Because he does work in our lives. Mark chapter 3. Verses 28 and 30 through 30. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said he has an unclean spirit. I've always heard that if you're afraid that you've committed the unpardonable sin, you haven't. That takes a very direct act of disobedience against the Spirit. That's somebody that does not care anything about what God says, about what the Bible says, and they tell the Holy Spirit, leave me alone, I want nothing to do with you. So if you're worried about that, you haven't. But I don't want people to worry about that. It's there, yes, it's real, it's there, it's possible. But if we're living with our focus on Christ, and we're living the way that God has asked us and set the example for us to live, then we don't need to worry about that. Let's not spend time worrying about that, but let's also not take for granted that the sins that we may commit this week, it doesn't mean we still just continue with life thinking nothing of it. God will forgive these sins, but let's not take that for granted. He does. He does forgive them, but it doesn't mean that we go out and continue to sin. It's interesting in verse 16 that it says, I do not say that he should pray about that. Is it trying to say that we don't, the people, somebody that has blasphemed the Holy Spirit, it sounds like to me that there's no hope for them anymore. What a dangerous place to be in. Very dangerous place to be in. Hebrews chapter 10 26 through 31. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. <clears throat> Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on, this, on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It doesn't say of a living God, it says of the living God. If we know, if we, which we do, we all do it, we know what's right, we know what's wrong, and sometimes we do what's wrong anyways. Have you been taught the truth? Have you been taught right from wrong? 
It's what with our, with our children, that's what we're trying to do since the day they're born. We're trying to teach them the truth. We're trying to teach them what's right and wrong. Where are you? Have you been taught that? Were you taught that? If not, when you were younger, you kind of learn maybe what's right and wrong through hard times in life. Do we purposefully or willingly choose to go against what we know the truth is? And sometimes we would say, well, no, I don't ever try to do it. Well, really, do you? Do you really think about it? Do we purposefully or willingly choose to go against what we know the truth is? First Peter chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 through 25. One. There we go. <clears throat> Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the, flo- as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We aren't slaves. You've heard the song before that says we're no longer slaves to sin. We aren't slaves to sin anymore. We, we, God gave us a choice. We can choose to sin or we can choose not to, but that's our choice. He gave us that free choice. James chapter 1. Verses uh, 21 through 27. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world." We aren't slaves to sin any longer. We don't have to follow <clears throat> what the enemy says. We can follow what our Heavenly Father says, but we still have to make that choice to do so. People who don't, choose, people who don't obey Christ, there's only one other choice of who you're going to obey. If you don't obey Christ, you're going to obey the enemy. It's the only two options. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. Like I said a couple weeks ago, there's no sitting on the fence. I want to see how it works out for different people. You can't do that. 
God came and he came and forgave our sins and he took the punishment for our sins, but we got to get off of that fence and hear, listen to his voice like we heard this morning. Are we listening for that voice? Are we listening specifically for that voice? Verse 18 of 1 John 5, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. I don't think that it's specifically meaning if we're born again, we don't sin. I think if we are born again, we desire not to sin. We still live here. We still have, we live in human flesh. We still live in a broken world, and we're not always going to make the right decisions. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit that God sent, we can choose to live correctly. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We can live under the protection of God. The enemy is still real. He's still out there. He's still trying to deceive. He's still trying to distract. Still very, very real. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory and forever and ever. Amen. God gave himself for us. If we go back to 1 John 5, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is what God did for you. He came here for you. He gave his life for you. He took the punishment of sin for you, for me. What are you going to do with this knowledge? This is showing again how much God loves us, how much he truly does love us and desires to commune with us. He desires a relationship with us. What are you going to do with that knowledge? John 17, 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The world is going to try to tell you that there's a lot of different gods, there's a lot of different ways to get to heaven, and I'm going to say there is one way to get to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ, because it says in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. There's one way to get to heaven. Isaiah chapter 44, verses 6 through 8. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show these to them. Do not fear, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. There is no other God. 
Titus chapter 2. Verses 11 through 15. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. There is no other way to heaven. There is no other God. So the, the, the final question that I want to leave you with, and I probably asked this before, but the most important question that we can answer is who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is Jesus? For me, he's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my rock. He's my strength. He's my guide. Who is Jesus? The last verse in 1 John 5 It says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. It's almost like, well, I'm just paraphrasing here, but it's almost like, oh, by the way, don't forget what we've been talking about. Don't allow things to come into your life that are going to distract you. Because when we think of idols, we think of a little something you can see, a little replica of something. An idol is anything that gets between you and your Heavenly Father. It's anything that gets between you, that takes the time that you normally spend with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what an idol is. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Keep yourselves from idols. Don't be seeking the things of this world. But let's be satisfied with the true knowledge of Christ. As we heard earlier, the things of this world cannot satisfy. You're always going to be looking. You will never find what you're seeking unless you look into the face of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where it's at. We're going to have communion this morning. I want to have the um, elders and deacons come up, and we're going to start passing these things out. Communion... We, do, we don't do real, real often here, but communion is a, is a, it's a symbol. Something that, it's something that Christ said that we should do to remember him. So we're going to pass these things out, these, uh, the, the juice and the bread, and then I'm going to have uh, Brian and Paul come and lead us in doing communion. Get something if you didn't, raise your hand so we can get it to you. In um, 1 Corinthians 11, 26, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In Matthew 26, 26, 
And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you and for me. So that's what we're going to do. Let's partake. In the same way, after they ate, Jesus took the cup. He said, This cup is a new agreement that is sealed with the blood of my death. When you drink this, do it to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are telling others about the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup. Lord, we just thank you for um, this opportunity we have to remember your sacrifice, Lord. Thank you for providing a way for us to be reconciled to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.